This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is sponsored by Mud Gear. Mud Gear serves the unleashed. They've created a brand of tough, strong, functional performance gear. This stuff is built to endure and push you along the way because Mud Gear, like you, is made tougher. From their custom-created Mudgear race jersey to their trail socks, it's all built for the outdoor athlete. And this isn't just for the fellas. Ladies, they've got tons for you, too, like their FlexFit capris and performance race back tanks. Those race shirts, they're all built in the USA. So you got to love that. Get sweaty, get dirty. It's all good. Whether it's for a road race or an obstacle adventure, Mud Gear can help you gear up for extreme performance. Now we've got an exclusive for all Pick Up the Six listeners. Go to mudgear.com slash P-U-T-6. That's P-U-T and the number six. Mudgear.com slash P-U-T-6 to save 15%. That's 15% off your order. Just like that. But it's only for Pick Up the Six listeners, mudgear.com slash P-U-T-6. That's the number six, mudgear.com slash P-U-T-6. And let's get after it. He wears our nation's uniform as a Marine to work every day. But this summer in Tokyo, he'll don the red, white, and blue for the first time as an Olympian. His name is John Stefanowitz, and he joins us on this episode of Pick Up the Six podcast. John, what's up, man? Oh, it, uh, a whole lot. I can't say not <laughs> nothing much right now. It's it's been a uh, it's been a very busy and wild ride so far ever since trials. So getting ready for the Olympic Games has been uh, it's been great. It's, a, it's definitely a journey that uh, you can't really forecast unless you've already been through it. Um, but definitely with the COVID this year, it's been added. You know, there's some added added special effects behind the scenes, and a little more hurry up and wait as as we've gone along. Dude, I'm excited to to get to know you and hear your story a little bit about how the journey brings you to this point. But man, with that, with what this last year has been like, with with schedules shifting, with all of that, man, I mean, qualifying for competing in the Olympics alone on a on a quote unquote regular year has to be a whirlwind. I can only imagine what it's like right now just with all the extra stuff no i mean it's i want to say that everyone kind of had a you know the same kind of playing field going in with covid i think that there might have been more advantages here and there um you know we we were definitely held back being in the marine corps the, the services as a whole you know not just us but also the army and, and and any service member we had to abide by the most restrictive policy so we might have been North Carolina where it was simple and easy. Um, and then the base may have had a different order. And then the Marine Corps had a different order. And we had to take each and every part of that that was the most restrictive. And then we have to add that into the regiment. So um, the majority of last year, you know, it was, well, for a good part of that, it was staying at home, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I became a stay-at-home dad, father of two, real quick. Um, so that was that was definitely life changing in itself. Nonetheless, trying to get ready for right. Olympic team trials and the Marine Corps, everything else, just the dad part was enough yeah. to drive me insane. Other so. people be like, man, can you believe all these rules and regulations you have to follow military guys? You're like, I mean, kind of do this all yeah. the time. Yeah, I, I can believe it. That, I can believe it. it. <laughs> now, yeah, the following of the guidelines stuff wasn't a lot. It was just wondering what the rest of the world was doing um, and, and how we were just, you know, uh, being, you know, in, just the Marine team, the all Marine team 
I was kept wondering to myself, like, all right, how far behind is this? How big is this gap growing between us and others? What are they allowed to do that we're, we're being held back from? Um, and you can't take the risk because you take the risk and, you know, it's 10 times worse than not doing anything. I don't. Yeah. So uh, that was definitely a curveball for the whole world. It was especially it was a big road, you know, big roadblock for us for a long time um, to really put a damper on getting ready. I felt super hot going to Olympic team trials in 20, um, you know, came from Pan Ams after another tournament, uh, right, right before that one. And I felt, felt awesome. Uh, I just, I was super bummed. It was definitely depressing, not just bummed, but I, I think just like a lot of people, a lot of athletes, it was, uh, it was depressing at times just thinking everything that you had, I had it set up perfect. I had it set up right. And then mm. just gone. Yeah, just going. And there's nothing those goals, right? You've been working for, right? And that stuff gets gets yanked away on a on a on a micro scale, right? This is nothing compared to prepping for and being ready for the Olympics. But talking about, and we're gonna get to know you a little bit, hear your story. Talking about sports being taken away from you, I couldn't imagine if I was a senior in high school during this last year when all this goes down. We I played football in high school, man. It was a big part of our life. We did so much for it if that had been taken away, like what that would have done physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally, man, would have been rough. Would have been rough. Yeah. And it's that, but it's not just the football season. It's, you know, the it's playing football, but it's making the team to go to the Super Bowl. Right. But, you know, it's the grand bowl. It's something that only happens once every, you know, ever so often. Right. Um, and it, man, uh, there's, you know, you can contemplate a lot of things in your future. And do I want to stick with it? You know, you've got nagging injuries and bumps and bruises already that you've been putting off to get checked out or looked at. And, you know, I've got goals as a father and as a husband and, and as a Marine too. And, you know, you start putting that stuff off and, you know, you start contemplating on, all right, what's the, what's truly the most important in life going forward. And, you know, can I hold on to this a little longer? Yeah, it, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So. Let's go back to York County, Pennsylvania, man. How's a kid from Central PA uh, end up in the Marines? End up wrestling in the Marines, man. Tell us your story. I, I didn't plan on joining the Marines to wrestle. I actually joined the Marines. Joined the Marines. Um, I had no further. I, not that I didn't have any aspirations. Aspirations are one thing, but I didn't have any plans um, on wrestling anymore at any level, and particularly at the senior level. Um, I mean, I never wrestled at the cadet or junior level, you know, uh, as a freestyler, as a Greco Roman wrestler, anything like that at all, actually. So when I graduated high school, I joined the Marine Corps, um, had no idea about the armed forces, uh, having sports of any kind, uh, actually. Um, and that was, I think I actually enlisted, uh, January of my senior year. So I was still 17. I think I was 17 when I, when I joined the Marine Corps, I was, um, coming out of high school and I was didn't have any, you know, scholarships for one thing, but I mean, I didn't even visit a college. Uh, I never even took my SATs. <laughs> like that's how far away from school um, I was prepared to be. And uh, I just, I, I wasn't ready for school at the time. Um, yeah. You were wrestling in high school though, right? What was your high school wrestling career like? Um, it wasn't too bad. I, I mean, I was, you know, maybe average above average uh, right there. I, I never made it to the state tournament or anything like that. Um, districts my senior year, actually. Uh, you always but have I was a lo- love and passion for it though. 
oh no, it wasn't that at all. I mean, I was just like, I was a one Oh three pounder as a freshman that weighed like 94 Whoa. pounds. Right. And then I was like a hundred pounds my sophomore year. And then I wrestled one three for half my junior year and bumped up to 112. And then my senior year, I made a big old jump up to like 119 and 125. <laughs> you know, that's when I was starting to get yoked. <laughs> what are you walking around that wrestling right now? Um, I'm, I'm one weight actually. I mean, I bumped up, I've been trying to gain as much weight as I can. I'm sitting around 87, 88, 89 keys. Yeah. So that's about right 108, 195, 195. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm about 195 now. Um, so I put on a little bit more weight from high school. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, and grew, grew a lot more too, but I just, uh, like my physical stature just wasn't it in, in high school. Um, as soon as I graduated high school, physically blew up, uh, more than I had ever done before. You know, I came home from, uh, I went to school in California in 29 Palms out in the desert for, for a long time, for about a year. I came home in my dress blues and I walked past my parents. They didn't recognize me. Uh, so I was a completely different person after I joined the Marine Corps from, you know, being a kid growing up on a farm, picking sweet corn in the summertime. So wasn't the same anymore but it's it's been a hell of a ride it's been a journey um never would have imagined it no one back home would have imagined it um it's one of those things where like I, I wrote it down in my you know fifth grade yearbook what do you want to be one day be an olympian but that's like everybody else said the same thing <laughs> you know some aspiring goal that you know you're probably never going to reach but it's cool to put down um, here we are but here we are here we are right yeah uh, getting ready for it. How, how does wrestling in the Marines then become a thing for you? Um, I, this was, I guess, 2011 or so. Um, I was overseas. Uh, I was in Japan actually. Um, uh, funny thing. I'm finally going back there now, Yeah, but, there we go. um, I was, uh, I was overseas. I was stationed overseas in Japan for a while and, they had like a wrestling circuit kind of thing. They have like seven tournaments a year on the bases. Um, and I was wrestling in those tournaments because I still kept my shoes and still rolled around and, and did some stuff with other Marines that had wrestled in the past. And I was just doing real well, was winning the tournaments. And then uh, they had a flyer out for this last tournament of the year. The All-Marine wrestling coach was going to visit from Camp Lejeune. I was like, there's, there's a team? Talking about a team? Like practice? everything we got gear like we got a team we got a coach and i was i started i looked it up um i looked up the guys that were on the team and it was like you know john cox he was you know i had a bunch of naval academy grads there that had you know won state titles i think there's a lieutenant ahern or some joe ahern he was a blair academy guy um and being from pa you know who blair academy is you know your whole life growing up and then i had a couple I think the guy I was trying to fill in and replace was like a three-time state champ from somewhere up north. This guy's had some pedigree. And I was looking, I was like, I ain't making that team. We <laughs> 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 made it to state. These guys are winning three, four state titles and, and NCAA, you know, All-Americans and stuff like that. So um, I, once again, I got my hopes up and I was like, oh, yeah, this uh, ain't going to make that team either. Um, but lo and behold, coach came out there and won the tournament. Um gave me an application to fill out and I fill it out. And, uh, I think like three weeks went by. Um, and all of a sudden I got a call from some random number out there in, in Japan. And they said, Hey, you're leaving in two days. You're going to North Carolina. You're going to go there for 
six months TAD. You're going to try out for the Army wrestling team. Pack your stuff up. I'm like, okay. Like, that was it. I, I packed my stuff up. I sold my car the next day, actually, to another Marine. Um, I was like picked up, sold the car. It's a little different out there, so it's easier for us to sell cars out in Japan. But um, it's not like the DMV stuff that we have here. Right. But I, yeah, I turned around, sold the car the next day, packed my stuff up, got some suitcases and left. Um, and I was supposed to be gone for six months and then maybe a year and come back. And I never came back. So what happened, stroke. man? I mean, you, it means you got in there. My, my guess is, because this is 10 years ago, right? It's 2011. You're talking with this time frame? Almost. This is actually, I mean, we were getting into 2012 by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, say very end of 11, early 12 in there. Yeah, nine, um, years, nine years removed from kind of the beginning of this real with intentionality. Yeah. You know, Marine Corps career wrestling in the Marines. I want to talk about all that goes into qualifying for it, right? How you got that spot, what you're gearing up for, but take me through what probably are some highs and some lows along that process over the last eight or nine years. What, what's it? Been oh God. Um, well, the injuries were really bad for me. Um, I got on the team and I think like four or five months after I was wrestling Harry Lester, at the last chance qualifier in Iowa and just blew my arm apart. Uh, in parterre defense and I left my elbow down and just, it just went, my arm went one way and then my body went the other way. <laughs> and it was, it was miserable. Um, and it took about eight months for every, for naval and everything to kind of figure out what was going on with it. And I finally got it fixed and it, it's definitely a scar. And that's why I, I love parterre so much now. Uh, I focus so much on it, but um, you know, not, I haven't spent my entire, all that time I haven't spent with the team, um, uh, say about half of it uh, was back with a, a unit. I transferred out of my original, my job, my specialty from the Marine Corps up when I, my enlistment was up. And when I did so, um, I, I moved into the intelligence field for the Marine Corps and that kind of hit a reset button on everything. So I left the, left the all Marine team, went to another unit that was actually stationed here you know, aboard Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville and stuff. And I started the process, started the training and went up to Alexandria and Fort Belvoir area. I worked up at an agency up there for my school, actually mm-hmm. and came back down and somehow or another, I asked for orders to Camp Pendleton. I came out of the schoolhouse uh, as an honor graduate and they gave me, they said, you get your choice. Where do you want to go? And I asked for Pendleton. I said, okay. A couple of weeks later, they said, you're going to Yuma, Arizona middle of the desert again i said okay and then two weeks later they said change change plans you're not leaving you're staying in camp this year <laughs> so um that's just the way the marine corps works sometimes uh you know it, it can be fickle uh but i really i was really hoping to go to, to camp pendleton long you know looking back on it there was a silver lining from you know someone up above that said no you need to stay here um uh, i had nothing to do with it i i wasn't planning on it at all i, I wanted to go to pendleton because they said that was a cool place to go for me. And uh, I, I never got the opportunity. Uh, somehow or another, I got put back in the unit here on Lejeune. And from 2000, that was about 2014, end of 14, I guess. And up until 2017, um, I was with the unit. And, you know, I had a, had a great time, actually. I, I love my job the day I leave the team. Give a couple handshakes, a couple salutes. And I'm, I'm excited. I actually asked for... Back in February, I asked to I asked for orders to go back to 
to that same unit, that very unit again, um, in the Marine Corps to leave the team. Um, I just, I love it. I love my job. I love what I do. It's kind of what me and the rest of the guys signed up for actually. Uh, you know, that's, I think that's something that sets us apart and it's something for people in the community to have a little bit of difficulty understanding is, you know, I, we're good at what we do here. We're good on the all Marine wrestling team. I mean, and, you know, we're good at what we do. We're good at being Marines. We're good at wrestlers, but you know, Marine comes before wrestling. And at the end of the day, that's what we signed up for. And that's what we love doing. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hold any hard feelings if I got to go, whether I'm an Olympian or if I, you know, never made a national team, I still got a job to do. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, low point, I, I do. I miss my job. I miss, um, I miss my family. I think I've actually missed, I've been gone from my family more being on the team yearly than I was when I was getting deployed in my unit. So um, just the days, the days themselves, I'm, you know, gone two or three weeks at home for two weeks and then gone for a month and home for a couple of weeks. So um, this little trip that we've been on right now, this journey for the Olympic dream has been that uh, on some steroids for sure, just because it's just been nonstop. I got home yesterday. We leave again on Sunday, gone for a couple of weeks, but I try to keep them involved as much as possible. But I mean, the, the journey's been fun along the way. I I can't sit here and say that I've had a bunch of low points or I've had a um, you know a bunch of times that I have just regretted it. I've tried to take everything I can and I've taken with a grain of salt, and make the best of it that I can because I mean, if not, I'm just going to be miserable. So there's no when, point. When do, when do you? Because right, you, you're having success in wrestling, right? You're winning certain events, you're winning certain tournaments. When do you get the feeling that the Olympics are a reality? That could be a reality if things fall into place for you. I definitely had that feeling um, after Pan Ams of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we got back from that, and I hadn't made my decision at the time. Uh, you know. Actually, I ended up going almost the whole year without making my decision. But, um, you know, after that, we were sitting there like, hey, you know, what weight are we going to go? I was at 82. You know, I was number one for 82. And I was like, all right, well. 180 pounds, right? 180 pounds. pounds. Yeah. yeah, 180. And I'm like, all right, uh, are we going to go down to the ones? You know, it's pretty much 170, 169, 170. Uh, or are we going to go up to like 192? And, you know, I'm a wrestler. So, you know, we're going to do, <laughs> and, uh, the, do the hardest hard. thing possible is the answer, right? What would be, uh, what would be hard, uh, hard and unhealthy. Right. <laughs> Let's do it. It sounds great. Embrace the suck. When does it start? Yeah. And, uh, the weight didn't get qualified in Ottawa. And when it did, I was like, Oh, this threw me off. Cause in my mind, I was like, oh, what are we going to do? How's that work? Because not only do I have to make weight, I got to make it again. All these things start going through your head a little bit. Um, and I was actually ready to go 87. I went, like, the tournament was over. I won the week prior, but I stayed there helping our guys out. And I got back and I started eating a ton. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go up. Because we don't have – I looked at him like, I don't really have time to go down. Right. Um, I could make weight, but I couldn't compete very well. So – uh, I was ready for it, but to be honest, that day, I guess it was that morning, the morning after we were like the third to last flight to leave Canada, or we were going to have to drive home. Um, and that's kind of when we realized we're like, trials ain't happening. 
like ain't nothing happening but it was that you know it was after pan ams and at pan ams like hey you know we can we can win trials we can the olympic dream is there mm-hmm. um but it's still so far-fetched like you can say like i'm trying to be an olympian but you don't you don't know like that feeling of you know surrealness you, you're not ready for it just yet uh so it's, it's really hard to put into words what i was trying to prepare to do until i was already there yeah. it's like someone asking me what's it like to be a marine like you got to go to boot camp figure it out and you tell me because everyone's going to have a different experience but it's a you know it's something that's shared that you know you can't you can't quantify it mm-hmm. really yeah i can't i can't quantify it for for somebody and, and tell them what it was like but I'd, I'd say about a year ago and then when COVID hit right away, it was very short lived, you know, realness for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything hit. And I was, whew. yeah, that last year was not the best year. I know it wasn't the best year for everybody, but it was, uh, a lot of things came, you know, real in my life where I really had to prioritize and, you know, put one foot in front of the other and start from scratch, start working out of my garage again and, you know, dust off some old weights and start, start, being the best that I can be was what I got to work with. You know, and I think the, to be honest, I believe the Marine Corps helped out a lot more with that than, than anything. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, that's a slogan of ours is, you know, embrace the suck and make, make more, make more out of something with less. Um, COVID definitely put us on the, the less part and we had to make something out of it. So I found tires and, you know, tools that were heavy and random things that we could do. I mean, I was like, doing Rocky Balboa style, man. Like you're training to fight Drago. Like what can I lift here? There are some things I will never post on social media that I was just picking up and throwing the whole pick things up, put them down, pick it up, throw it, put it down was that was, that was me for four or five months last year. Just, no, that's the sledgehammer. Let's start doing shoulder lifts. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that, it became real. And then I had trouble believing it. I had trouble believing that it was there again, though. Like I was doing all this work and I think everybody had trouble believing that they were, you know, questioning everything. It's not going to happen. Japan doesn't want us to be there. All the, all these things are swirling around and the world's coming to an end. Just everything was crashing and everyone was going to die one day. And it was kind of hard to just believe like, all right, you know what? I don't think the Olympics going to happen. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to happen. I, I mean, I sit on all these boards and committees for us and I, you know, have to listen to it, but I personally went through it. Sometimes I was like, I, it's hard for me to believe it. Um, and I kind of carried that mentality in the trials. Like, Oh, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen where I won't win. Um, but the only thing that could keep the, for us, the only thing that kept the Olympic dream alive really, um, you know, I can say the family and the friends and the teammates, and that was great, but just stop worrying about it so much. I had to stop trying to fix everything that I couldn't have any control over. And I only had control over being ready. And if it didn't happen, it didn't happen, but at least I'd be ready for it. Yeah. All right. So you win the Pan Ams, right? We're talking about the trials, right? You got the trials yep. uh, and you've got a pretty epic match. I mean, you got a pretty big opponent there to have to try to get the W against uh, to secure your spot in the Olympics against Joe Rao. So tell me a little yeah. bit about what that match was like and, and coming out on the, uh, on the positive side of it. Um, you know, I honestly, I hadn't watched any video of anybody going into trials. Um, I mean, we decided to, we fully committed to going 87, I'd say about a month and a half before that or so. Um, we were like, all right, let's go. And we, we kind of, 
went to the pros and cons board pretty much. And coach looked at me and I'm famous for like, not, I don't, I don't make the rules. I don't make the game plan. That's not my job. Tell me what to do and I'm going to go execute. Yeah. My, my job as an athlete, I'm supposed to perform. I'm not supposed to be in the background doing all that work. That's not my job. That's not what I'm coach gets paid for a reason. I get paid for a reason. Um, and you know, he looked at me and said, you know, we're going to go 87. And I, I reluctantly, I, I still asked why, um, just for a little bit. And he said, it's the only time that the dream's going to be alive. You know, right now we can be the best in the country without a doubt. You'll be the best in the country at 77. Um, but then you're going to turn around in two weeks and you're going to make the weight again. Then you're going to have to face off against everybody in the world. Um, and that's not the dream that we asked for. It's not the dream that we can pursue. And he felt that I would do just as good, if not better, at 87 without cutting any weight. And if you win the trials, you win the tournament, you're an Olympian. It's all said. Like, that's what we're chasing. That's what we're here for. So uh, let's not make it harder on ourselves. And so we went through. I went 87, and I, I felt really great doing it. I was able to – I mean, I was able to enjoy myself. I was able to gain weight. I was able to lift. I was a wrestler just looking to wrestle again, you know, just like in the practice room. Um, I wasn't turning into a weight cutter. I wasn't putting too many thoughts in my brain of this and this, and then I got to compete and win and compete and win and make weight. I, was, I just, I went out there to have fun again. It's the only thing I could control. Um, you know, first match was against Stanghill. I think he, we had gone back and forth in matches throughout the years. Um, I think I bested him in 18, uh, a couple months after I, um, busted my hand up real bad. Um, and I hadn't seen him since. So, I mean, one match after another, I, I had to pick it down. And after that, it was Vera. Um, you know, that was down to the wire as well. Um, I think that was with like 20 seconds left or something like that. Um, and Pat Martinez, same thing. Um, you know, so there wasn't, I didn't, if there was a path, I chose the hardest, absolute hardest path to take just to win the tournament. Um, uh, it was, I was exhausted just getting there. So I was glad, you know, we went in the next day uh, with Rao and I still hadn't watched any videos, do anything. I never wrestled Rao before. We've been in completely different weight classes. I mean, I wrestled 82 before that, although I was wrestling 80 and 75, 77. So uh, we were definitely separated enough to where we never really ran into each other mm -hmm. at all. Um, but, you know, I, Again, we stuck to a, a game plan. We knew what the game plan was, and it was more about not getting afraid in that first period. You know, someone that's going to be – we knew that he was bigger. We knew that he was strong. We've seen him wrestle against, you know, big and strong opponents before, um, you know, but we had things that he didn't have. He had things that I didn't have, and at the end of the day, the, the game plan was to execute to the best of our ability, and I stayed focused with it. Um, you know, I think the, fir the first match threw me off completely. Uh, because they had a whistle that they were angry about. And then I went on top in a parterre position. And then there was like a minute left. I'm up by two. And then I go down. And so it was back and forth and back and forth. And it was a, it was a battle, um, a complete battle. And we go out and like, all right, get one. And then the second one came along. Like, all right, well, this is, this is it right here. Like, I know he's going to come balls to the wall the whole time. Got to, yeah. Um, and there was a couple of things I wasn't able to hit in the first period uh, that I really wanted to. And I could have separated the match more. And in my mind, I was like, if I do it now, it's one of those things. It's like, a, it's almost like the block, but if you use it now, you won't be able to use it later. <laughs> um, I had 
we try to be as strategic as we could to use more in the second match um, in a different fashion than what we did in the first match and how to get ready. If that doesn't work, we're going to have to go a third match and go a whole nother route. Um, but coach did a good job of planning that out. He had a plan. He knew what for me not to focus on and he knew, uh, you know, what moves we wanted to hit, how we wanted to go about things. We knew we would go down. We knew we'd get on top the, this and that. Um, you know, I think the, our final match of the tournament, my final match of the tournament was the only time I was leading going into the break. Mm. I was trailing every single other match. You had to scrap it back. Yeah. Going into the, into the break. Um, but, you know, that was also a piece of the plan. Um, but as, as the match went on, the match went on, I knew I'd go down. Okay, cool. I'll go down. Feel confident, though. You know, like my own, my, one of my goals is to have the best defense pound for pound in the country. Um, I already feel like I'm there. Um, I'd like to have it the best in the world. That's something I focus on. I think that's what's going to close our gap uh, as Americans in, in the sport uh, to Europeans. That's something that they've taken seriously and something I think we need to take seriously. But doing that, I, I felt them on top. I felt confident. And, I mean, it, I try to sit back and, and tell it and tell the story or whatever, and or I guess talk about the match. But I'm not – uh, I'm not like a Burroughs where he thinks about the things as he goes mm-hmm. along and yeah. takes things apart yeah. and about before my matches, when I go out there, like I'll rub my eyes really bad, really hard and put myself in a different mindset. Um, and I get off the match and coach talked to me about something like coach. I don't remember anything you just talked about. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you just saw. Right. I have no, I have no idea You're what's going on doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, it's not, I'm not thinking about doing it. I'm, yeah. I'm wrestling. I'm doing what I've been practicing. Um, I'm not trying to create something new. I'm not trying to learn or think out there. I'm wrestling. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, for me, that's helped me out a lot. Uh, on the backside, I have to go through and watch video if I want to learn what I did though. Um, that that's really it. I've listened to Jordan Burroughs have those conversations before we sat in the chair with Rogan and he's, He's just dissecting all these. And he's talking about matches he wasn't even in, matches he's been in. It's pretty incredible. All right, your most recent match, you got punched in the face. We're going to come back yeah. to that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> but in that moment, dude, you, you win. You're an Olympian. You know, you're on the mat. It's reality. Here we go. Uh, we are punched our ticket to the Olympics. You know, what was that moment like? Uh, I mean, I had, well, I had my wife and my mom there. You know, I have, and, my, well, and my dad as well and my brother. Um, and it was, you can't replace, you can't replicate it. There's no replicating that at all. I mean, uh, when in world team trials, you know, in Raleigh, I had my team there, my family there and everything. That was great. I had my boys there, you know, my sons and that, mm-hmm. that definitely gave, gave me tons of energy and, you know, spirit. Then I go to win final X uh, against Kendrick again, make my world team something I never thought I'd do or anybody actually thought I'd do. Um, and that was wonderful. And then this is just exponentially greater in every single fashion. Um, I, I don't think that was the first time I ever actually got emotional. Um, I mean, for good reason, but I just, uh, I remember as soon we won, the time ran out. I mean, my hand hadn't even been raised yet. And I'm looking, looked at the refs, you know, the official, the, the, the board is saying, I was saying I won. I'm looking at coach and, he he don't ever say anything and he's jumping and yelling and screaming and saying you did it you know you did it and all these things and i'm like nah (laughs) me 
Like right. you start realizing you're like, Oh God, like this is what just happened. Like yeah. this, you did it. You actually did it. Um, and it, uh, yeah, you, it, it, it kind of gives you goosebumps. Um, just because it was one of the, you worked so hard for it, but ev- everyone works hard. Uh, you know, that's something it's not like, it's not, it doesn't matter. You talk about this today about guys from other countries that didn't qualify. Um, and it's like, it's not always about, you know, if you worked hard or, or if you cared enough, it's, did you execute when you needed to execute? Did you do it when you needed to do it? Um, and it's just, it's sometimes it's not, it's not up to you to think that one more push is always going to get you the win. It's mm-hmm. doing it at the right time at the right place. Um, you know, we were lucky to show up and, and execute the way that better than I thought I could have, um, you know, going into it, I was like seated fourth in the challenge tournament. So really they had me taken fifth. Um, even though I like come up from 82 as number one. And so that right there, I was already, I already had a chip on my shoulder. I was already, you know, a little busy about everything as it was. And I thought I should have been ranked higher and all, all these things and whatnot. Um, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, I picked the toughest route anyways to go through the thing, but when in it, I saw my, I kind of looked over uh, to the stands and my, the Marine always going crazy in the stands. We can bring four people and they still, you know, <laughs> create a ruckus. Right. It's just them. They're just, they're like that. They're like that sometimes. Uh, but I had the, you know, my, my wife, Samantha and mom are down there and they're freaking out and balling. And that's why I was like, Oh God, this is it. Yeah. They're balling for, you know, they're, there's, you know, tears of joy. They're, they're ecstatic. And that's when it started dawning on me slowly a little bit. Um, you know, as I'm coming down from that stage that, you know, wow, became an Olympian and then my feet were already off the ground. Um, they didn't land for a minute either. My feet hadn't landed, um, for a little while until, you know, everything goes through. We, I, I didn't sleep at all that night or the next day. Um, I was just wired. It was completely wired to the absolute max. And I mean, the phone and everything was going off and we, I wasn't really paying all that much attention to the phone at all. Um, just taking in the moment yeah. of, you know, it, it's not just everything you worked for, but it's everything you dreamed for. You know, I, I had told people my biggest fear was not giving my kids a legacy to try and chase, not giving them something to look to, to be proud of, you know, every parent's proud and the kids are always proud. Um, but you know, my fear was, I'm going to do all this work. I'm going to spend all this time away from my boys. You know, there's moments that I've missed already and, and probably going to miss some more of as well for the sport. Um, not just the Marine Corps. And I'm like, I, I want it to be worth something. I want them to say like, he did it, but he, he did it for the right reasons. He, and he had a goal and he followed it he went through and he didn't stop until he did. He didn't stop until he, you know, accomplished it. Um, and, you know, that whole thing, you know, coming home to them the next day or everything, that's when it felt satisfied, like fulfilling, satisfied. And, you know, I think wrestlers have a really hard time becoming satisfied, you know, having their stomach full, but not physically. But, you know, physically, we do a good job at that. But, you know, mentally, psychologically, where, hey, you, you did enough. You're satisfied. I'm, I'm happy with what I accomplished. Um, and at the moment I didn't think, oh, I need to go win Olympic gold right now. I didn't, um, you know, shrug it off as, no, it's okay. Or I need to get ready for the next tournament. I, I took it in. I took the moment in. I took, I rejoiced in, in the win and, and I did it with the family and I was satisfied. 
it felt great. I felt good. I felt happy. So that, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I haven't talked too much about and people haven't, um, you know, other people haven't already talked about, you know, there's Olympians and they're putting out, you know, the Olympian was never the goal, you know, Olympic gold is only, only goal out there. That's absolutely right. Um, and I think we all had different goals when they were five years old and mine was just maybe dreaming of becoming an Olympian one day. And, you know, I finally, you know, I, I did it. I, I set out to it. I, that was where I set the bar because I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was great. Now we come through and I've got a new job and a new responsibility to, to uphold, not just for the Marine Corps and me, but, you know, for the country. You know, now it is to go get the gold. I knew what, now I know what it's like to train to be an Olympian. I don't know what it's like to train to be a, you know, Olympic gold medalist yet. So I'm doing that to the best of my ability and hopefully what I'm doing works. And when I get there, then I'll figure out what the next step is. Yeah. Let's talk about Tokyo in a minute, but I do want to talk about this guy punching you in the face at the Pan Ams recently. So you, you got the 2021 Pan Ams uh, to Guatemala. You're up against this guy, Alfonso Rodriguez. I don't know what you did to him that got him so upset, but what the heck happened in that, in that match? So that was a, that was a, a rematch for us. Um, I think I don't know for sure, but what everyone was saying there was that he was a Cuban who defected to Honduras. Um, and uh, in the first match for me, that was a redemption match because uh, the brackets were set up in a really weird way where like you can lose, don't matter, but we're coming. You got to like you're going to cross and wrestle like four times no matter what or something like that. Um, so we went out and coach is like, dude, let's just go fly. And I want you to score as many points as you can. Um, we're going to work on our zone. We're going to work on this and that. And, um, I did right. I mean, right away I started scoring, uh, get a couple points here, a couple points there. I think I'm up three Oh, at the time. And it's like 25 seconds left or something. And first match of the day for me. And I'm the very first match too. Um, and I, I hate being the first match. I mean, I hate waiting in lines, but I don't like being the first match either. So <laughs> picky about it. And I remember I'm like, all right, let's get another step out right here. Or let's try and, you know, attack the body. And I just lost all focus complete. That's, I guess, my screw ups I can keep, I can remember because that's the thing I do remember. Now, looking back at it, and I remember pushing out of bounds and uh, I attacked the body and just, looked like I was a, trying to hit a freestyle shot, like high double or something. And like hips were higher than my head. It was so bad. I think in my mind and I give up four, like on the edge. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It was so embarrassing. Like something that I never do. Like you never see me do that. I always, I'm like, all right, I'm up three Oh with 30 seconds left. All right. I'm gonna walk into the middle and you're not going to touch me. Right. Um, and in my mind, I was like, hey, I got to score more points. Let's get some more points. Let's do it. And it just completely backfired. Uh, and it gave him, like, the biggest bump of self-confidence in the world. Like, oh, I beat, you know, I, I won. I was like, Ethan, whatever. Well, you know, in my mind, I was right. furious. I couldn't believe it happened. Um, it was just, it was embarrassing, actually. And I was like, you, this is, uh, this is unreal. This cannot be happening right now. It's something I've never done. Like, right. I saw my teammates leaving with like a minute left to go get ready for their matches. Cause they were like, Oh, he already won. Like, like, like that's how confident everyone was that I, I was fine. And then that happened. So go through the tournament. And I got, a, I had to win all the other matches. So I won all the other matches, beat everybody in the other pool. 
Um, then we come back through and now we're wrestling again in the finals. And the game plan was a little different this time. Yeah, I would think. Um, yeah, game plan was a little different. And we we're like, all right, you know, he's going to come out flying, fist flying and everything um, and go real hard. Let him go on top of you. He's not going to turn you. And we're going to, you know, gas him out in the first, you know, push the pace, this, you know, this and this with time left. And we've got a little game plan already um, built up. And I ended up pushing the pace a little earlier just because I could feel like you can always feel. Um, and uh, after that first parterre, I let him get on top and um, I could just, you just, it was just a different human. And it's just people are, they break it. They, everyone breaks at a certain point. Um, you started getting tired going in the break and then right away uh, before the like break even was over, like he was still like the ref was like checking me and everything. And, we're kind of getting ready to line up, but you can tell we've got like at least five seconds and he just like charges me like before the mat, before the whistle's even blown in the, in the, uh, for the second period. And they're like, you know, they attention him like, Hey, like, don't do that. He, he just kind of just attacked the head and just sprinting after him. Mm-hmm. All right. Like weird flex, but I got you. Like if it's intimidating factor, like cool, <laughs> but, uh, the thing goes off whistle blows and, you know, obviously now all right, I, I see what he wants to do right away and try and get another point. All so he had, had left at that point, right? Was just to try to I, come out. I, I, I believe he probably wanted to not get put down um, in the second. Um, and he went first. He tried to go up top on the head, and I just attacked the body and I ran. And I just, I was going to run until the whistle blew or until he went down. Um, we went to like the middle little cardboard cutout areas and he kind of landed on top of that um and i don't think he <laughs> i knew he wasn't ready uh but i don't know if it was him getting thrown into that thing that, that pissed him off and made him real upset because uh, it was a big loud bang um that everyone could hear you could hear the, the fans and stuff too and it's one of those things that they're like oh oh no like don't throw him into that thing right. and uh and he went into that and next thing you know like it's just kind of got up and like looked towards like the head table. Cause I went at four. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking to see what they gave me. Um, and I'm looking, I just like get up and I get like, go to like get on my knees and sit back. And I just get clocked. I'm like, what, <laughs> what, what, what is going on? Like I had, I wasn't even looking like at him at all. Like yeah. not in, in the slightest bit. I didn't see anything coming. Um, I'm looking at the ref and I just get just jaw jacked. <laughs> I'm like, what the I like laid down because of my worst fear. Like as soon as it happened, I was like, I'm going down. I'm laying down. Um, Cause like you see, I remember like watching, we were watching me and uh, Peyton Walsh. We were roommates for this tournament and we were watching like the UFC things or whatever. And like guys get back up and then they fall back down. I was like, if I fall back down, if I try to get back up right now, they're going to, they're going to cut, they're going to, they're going to end this and say, no, you're not, you're not wrestling. You're not doing anything. And I already had three of my other teammates winning in the tournament. Like they have get golds. So I'm like, I, I can't get silver now. <laughs> so the pressure's on. I'm like, I'm laying down. Doc, I'm laying here until a doctor comes, checks on me. If he says I'm good, then I'll get up. I'm like, I'm not risking that. There was no point at all to uh, uh, let's be tough and stand up. And then, oh, wow, I got hit harder than I thought. And I'm like, um, legs no. shaking. No, I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. I'm not chicken legging this thing. No way. No, not at all. Because people were like, "Why didn't you hop back up?" It's like, I don't know. I <laughs> just lay down. 
and I kind of got hit and I was like, I'm, I'm laying down. I'm like, I've, I've never punched someone in a match before like right. that. Right. Um, it was, and it was 15, 20 seconds after he got attention for the same thing. So I was like, well, all right, that's a caution in my mind. I'm like, all right, I should have scored four. They're probably going to give me two. Uh, I'm always, you know, have a little bit of dissent and uh, I'll, I should, in my mind, like, all right, I should get a caution too for this. Like, yeah. right, I should be up four one and I, I'm going through the game plan already on how the match right. is going to continue. Right. And I'm doing that as I'm laying down, I'm just sitting there. Like I looked at him and he got up and he looked at me and everything. And I was, I'm, I'm not getting up right now. No, I'm <laughs> taking my time. And uh, I don't know why the medical staff took so long to get out there. Cause it made it look really bad, but and, you know, we're, I can hear the coaches and we're talking about, I'm not getting up till someone come check on me. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy to get up. And then next thing you know, he like gets up too fast, has a head rush and falls over. Like, I don't want to get DQ'd. Yeah. Um, and Doc finally came up. Um, he's like, you good? I'm like, I think so. He's like, well, get on your hands and knees, get your breath, make sure. And I did. And I said, all right, yeah, I feel fine. And I stood up. I stood up and I saw he's got a ref's got a red card, red card. Like I hadn't seen that since like, you know, Kamal Bay and the Russian got into a fight over in uh, Zagreb like two years ago. <laughs> I was like, what the, a red card. And I started, I actually didn't, I forgot what it, what it meant completely yeah. for a split second. I was like, what a red card? Yeah. That a, that's not a caution. <laughs> I started running through, oh shoot. And that's when I realized what had just happened. Um, yeah, it was, <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, I'd never, I'd never caused someone to get a red card before and I'd never been punched. I mean, I go really hard and all my opponents that that wrestle me go really hard. Um, and you know, fists will fly here and there, but I mean, not so he didn't hide it. I I got, it was pretty blatant. I looked at it and like, like I had gotten up, he had gotten up and then he hit me and I'm looking like, Hmm. it was so like, you could have gotten me later in the match. Yeah. Pretty surreal. He could have rested, like you know, we could we could have we could have you know waited or something. And yeah, that that was uh that definitely didn't experience that either. Yeah, that's a wild time. experience. That's a wild experience. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to keep it too long, man. You have valuable time at home. You got the boys there. Yeah. You also got to prepare for this thing. All right, so you're gonna head to Tokyo, right? There is something different, I think, for you walking out in those opening ceremonies knowing all that you've you've gone through to compete to get here, but also, man, putting the nation's uniform on, I think there just is something different to that. And the storylines will be, for the media that covers it, you know, U.S. Marine heading to try to go get Olympic gold. It's pretty badass, man. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Obviously, we wish you nothing but the best of the luck. What's that? You don't know what the experience is like going to be there, you know, until you get there. But what do you think that experience is going to be like walking out there, putting that singlet on, as an Olympian? Uh, I mean, I try my best to not look too far ahead from where I'm at right now. But the, the more I think about things, the usually the worse of it, that they've become. Um, but yeah, that has been the storyline from the get go already, you know, us Marine. And that's just, I've, I've embraced that for a long time. I've always understood that the, the country's initials above the last name in the back has always stood there's a reason why it's above the last name. Um, and I've always had that mentality. I've always, I've tried to practice what I preach and I've told people um, left and right from the very beginning that you have to think of yourself as, as being greater than just your name. And it's like that movie, the miracle, the movie miracle. And yeah. they talk and they finally figure out coach just wanted them 
to understand who they were representing and that once they understand that it's something bigger than themselves, you, you're going to compete and you're going to push yourself further than, than you have ever done before. Um, you know, I have to know that everyone's looking, everyone's watching, but they're, it's not just that they're watching to try and see me. It's that I'm their beacon of hope for a medal. I'm a beacon of hope for them to be proud of the country that they live in and that they're from. Um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I haven't ever thought it's been about me and I think that's maybe a positive going into it, but I mean, I look at it right now and everything going on, the whole goal of the 2021 Olympics, you know, 2021, however we want to go about it. Um, but the whole, the whole point of the, of the Olympics is to show that, you know, the world unity, this and this, but that we can make it through the stuff that, as a whole country and as a world that we've been going through and we can do something and we can get the, the world back on track. And uh, right now I'm just happy and ecstatic that I'm the representative to do it. Um, you know, I get to take part in, you know, the best competition in the world ever hands down. Um, but for us to be able to do it in after, you know, amid this pandemic and the world crisis that we've had, it just, it, it means a little more um, in the sense that, I'm the guy that they're looking to, to help that dream come true. Um, you know, there's going to be kids out there that want to be able to do it and they're going to hear my story and they're going to be like, dude, if he can do it and he sucks, <laughs> he sucks, then I can do it. I mean, like, you know, maybe college yeah. coaches and, and, you know, recruiting guys can look and be like, Oh, I mean, he doesn't have everything right now, but maybe he's got certain attributes and, you know, maybe it gives somebody that did that. I didn't get a chance that I was salty about. Maybe it gives them an opportunity. I mean, it's imagine, always imagine you'd have been on a college campus wrestling when you sprouted like that, right? When yeah. you went off to the Marines and you sprouted that, that could have happened inside of a program, man. We are, I, I'm so thrilled for you. Uh, I'm so grateful for the time to talk about the journey, right? That, that, that got you here that now sends you to Tokyo, John, we wish you nothing but the best as you head off to the Olympics. Go out there, man. Go get that thing. Go get that. Thank game. you. I will appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. He's John Stefanowitz. I'm Brian Jodis. And this has been pick up the six podcast.